again on a very woman uh, centric topic today which is about cervical cancer and today again we have with us Dr. Krupa Shankar consultant medical oncologist and an associate secretary to BMT a very warm welcome sir and honestly uh, when I met the team of BMT I really missed you and I really hope we meet sometime soon yeah absolutely yes likewise it's always a pleasure to be on the show and um, very good evening to all my all the viewers out there and I think like you rightly pointed out uh, September is the gynecological cancer awareness month it's not just the gynecological cancer awareness but it's also about prostate cancer cancer awareness and, uh, right. even, even blood cancer awareness about lymphomas and leukemia so many cancer awareness months coming up as well right yes uh, for today we're going to focus on gynecological cancers and among them cervical cancer yes so sir what exactly is cervical cancer people who are not aware and how prevalent is it in india and the world so yeah the cervical cancer is uh, basically the malignancy it's a it's a type of epithelial cancer meaning it's a squamous cell carcinoma predominantly around 90 95% of the time it's a squamous cell carcinoma and uh, it uh, it affects the cervix the women's women's uh, inner lining of the cervix and that's when right. start developing the malignancy and when you look at the uh, prevalence of the disease if you go by the global care 2020 data around 1.3 lakh women get diagnosed every year with cervical oh cancer God. and out of which every 65,000 actually are dying from the disease every year as well. So that's okay. just to put things in perspective. And uh, among females, it is the second most ca- common cancer right after breast cancer. Right. So just to reflect on the magnitude of the problem and also the magnitude of what we're dealing with. right so so we know the risk factors for like uh, lung cancer but what are the risk factors for cervical cancer it's like quite unusual correct absolutely so you know there is this huge urban versus rural divide so cervical cancer is actually much more commoner in the rural parts of india as the major reasons being that i mean obviously economic status and then the poor sexual hygiene multiple sexual partners and you know it's basically got a lot to do with that and not only that chief among them being early marriage as well so child marriage oh. even though it's, yeah even though it's it's been abolished in a lot of parts of india there are still a lot of places in rural india where child marriages still do happen and i mean these are the major reasons and the factors as to why especially in rural india we uh, we have a higher incidence of cervical cancer and let's not forget that uh, the vaccination rates see there is right. we don't have a vaccine for cervical cancer but unfortunately not many are actually aware about it and the, the other thing is there's a large a lot of reluctance among people to actually take the take up the vaccine and right that's another reason as to why you're seeing so many people with cervical cancer especially in the rural areas as well right so the reason i asked about what exactly is cervical cancer for the people who will be hearing us is because major we can understand we are the ones who will be listening to the podcast so they might have their relatives or their people in hometown whom the whom they can transfer the information and the second was many people were i don't think in rural even will be aware key what is a cervix or what exactly this happens in a cervix like cancer can happen correct 
so you know i'll i'll just uh, probably you know put it better in a nutshell so yeah. cervical cancer is usually caused by a virus called hpv human papilloma virus right. and human papilloma virus is basically a sexually transmitted virus which is right. why, which is why if you look at all the risk factors that i just mentioned about all of them have a lot to do with the transmission of the hpv virus yeah once this virus starts getting infected in the cervical uh, region what happens is they can develop a pre invasive or a pre cancerous lesion which is called cervical intraepithelial neoplasia which is nothing but a pre cancerous lesion meaning right. that those people have a risk of going on and developing malignancy later on probably about a decade later and which is why right. screening becomes very important there are two right. ways we can do this one is vaccination and that we already spoke about and the other thing is now screening as well screening should start from 21 years of age and you will have to do that once in 3 years okay with just a pap smear which is nothing but a smear which is taken from there and looked for by the pathologist for the presence of any abnormal cytology yeah. so that can be done easily and you know what we have in india is a very cost effective method of screening which we call as uh, via which is visual inspection with acetic acid so okay. you know it's, it's nothing but just a per vaginal examination which can be done by applying this acetic acid and you look for color changes in right. the surface so and uh, the cost it, it's not very expensive at all so you know that way you're actually cutting down on your risk and once you cross the age of 30 years we do right. what we call co testing as well which is we check for the presence of hpv and also we do a cervical smear as well which is the pap smear so you right. do which is nothing but a liquid based cytology test so once you do once you combine these two tests then you only have to screen them once in 5 years right and that can continue 65 what are the symptoms of cervical cancer does cervical cancer and other cancers have similar symptoms so the most commonest presentation and the most commonest symptom will usually be post menopausal bleeding and apart from that oh, yes you okay. can yeah correct so post menopausal bleeding and apart from that you can have white discharge you can have you know all those lower urinary tract symptoms as well which can actually even be sometimes be confused with a urinary tract infection as well but right. but the most commonest and often you know overlooked symptom is post menopausal bleeding people always think that it's probably because of an abnormal uterine bleeding aub or dysfunctional uterine down and like that and uh, or they think it's because they have fibroids and uh, so, so they often get misled and there is often a delay in presentation and which is why right. they don't present with an advanced stage so like so any treatment of course it will be available but um, what are the survival chances as well Yeah, I'll tell you, it's one of those highly curable malignancies, especially if picked up very oh, wow. early. Okay. So, um, yeah. So you know, in up to stage one B is actually considered to be operable. We go ahead and straight away do surgery on those patients. So, okay. Beyond that, like let's say for for example, from stage two A onwards, right, and from up to stage three C, we only do radiation along with chemotherapy. That's called concurrent chemo radiotherapy. where uh, we give them radiation for 6 weeks that is 30 fractions every every day and then we also give them weekly chemotherapy for 6 weeks and uh, this hello hello you know hallmark yeah. cervical cancer 
So the cure rates roughly would be around when you talk about stage one disease, we know it's around 90 to 95 percent are going to be cured. Stage two, again, the cure rates are as high as 70 to 80 percent. And stage three, the ballpark figures are around 50 to 60 percent. Stage four, we know it is metastatic disease. And uh, we, at stage four, we have slightly two divisions, stage 4A and 4B. So 4B refers to actually distant metastasis. That is the cancer must have spread to the other parts of the body. Like for example, the liver, the lung, the bone, or anywhere else, the other parts. Stage 4A means it is actually invaded into the bladder or into the rectum, which are the adjacent organs which are close to the cervix. Right. So stage 4 is about a poorer prognosis and is generally considered not curative, especially stage 4B. Sir, so if a patient is cured, uh, he she is absolutely all right. So, is there any follow-up and when should that patient be undergoing a follow-up? So, yeah. So, even after treatment is over, they need to definitely be on regular follow-up and surveillance with their treating physician. So, they'll have to do that once in three months for the next two years, for the first couple of years. And then it has to be once in six months for the next three years that is up to five years and then yearly once and uh, imaging also we will actually do an imaging an ultrasound at least initially for the you know one once in six months and then once in a year and then you know it's only uh, just examination alone physical examination history alone should be sufficient sir so in cervical cancer prevention like good hygiene um, and uh, of course the sexual partners and so what more can be done in prevention screening yes once in uh, three years Correct. any more any more things sir yeah i think you know the most important thing is vaccination and i keep on oh, saying yeah. this again because you know uh, you see I, I the thing is right now india has actually rolled out its own indigenous vaccine until now yeah. we, have, we did not have uh, vaccines in india because we had to either rely on other mncs actually bringing the drug into india Right. So what was available commercially up until now was either Cervix or it was Gardasil 4. So the, okay. there are differences in these types of vaccines. Earlier we had a bivalent vaccine which only covered two different strains of HPV which is 16 and 18. And these right. are the most important strains as well because they account for around 70% of the disease. Right. And so, now so we to be have... honest, like I haven't got any vaccination done for cervix cancer. So when should one go and what should one get like dosages and etc correct so the ideal age to start hello hello Hello. Can you hello? So yeah, please. Uh, the hello. ideal age. Hello. Yeah. yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, so the ideal age. Yeah. So the ideal age for starting on vaccination is between ten to twelve years of age. And, oh, wow. and the reason behind that is that ideally you need to uh, do that prior to the first sexual experience because we know that the HPV is a sexually transmitted. Right. So, which is why you'll have to start early and give it to them at that early an age. Supposing if somebody is not taking it at that age, doesn't mean that they should never get the vaccination in later on as well. 
setup So the best thing is now now I mean I when I when I speak about now I think from next month onwards it's going to be available in the common setup as well. So oh, wow. so rack you know which is again manufactured by our own Bharat Serums is now right. being made available it's it's only around they're going to charge around 200 to 300 rupees per shot and it wow. has to be taken at 0 1 and at 6 months. So three doses and uh, that's the entire vaccination schedule. So okay. uh, and it's it's also going to be made part of the national immunization program as well. Right. So it's made mandatory. So so this one I can take like uh, if I'm beyond 25 years of age I can take this one which is un- available at the government from the next month. Yes, absolutely right. Okay. Until now okay. we didn't have it until now we only had all these private uh, hospitals alluding to it but right I mean like from next month it's going to be available. and like i said it's our own india's indigenously manufactured cervical vaccine which is called cervarac it's a quadrivalent vaccine gives us protection against four different strains 6 11 16 and 18 which are common oh, to the vast majority of all the cervical cancers so yeah i guess that's one of the initiative yeah so that's amazing that's amazing i wasn't aware of that until now so thank you so much for joining us again and hope to see you again very soon Definitely yes. Uh, I think it was, it was it was wonderful catching up, and again, I hope all of you have found it useful as well. And looking forward to catching up in person as well. So, thank you. Same to you, sir.